Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Welcome back to the first off, in my opinion, podcast. You know how we do. Tom What's up, my good people? What's up, my good people? It's your boy Tom Swoop, and this is the first off of my opinion podcast. How y'all feeling today? Yo, we about to have a pretty good show today. We are talking self-love versus selfishness. You know what I'm saying? When working on yourself goes wrong and all the little things in between. I got my special guest on the line today, life coach extreme, Miss Rita Lewis. How you doing? All right, one, two. Oh, here. oh no, here we go. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. We're good to go. Okay, got it. All right. All right, so we're good to go. So now you can answer your question how you want to. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so to be able to answer the question, when you talk about being a narcissist versus, you know, um, having that self-love, I feel like self-love is a maturity. I mean, okay. because you have to really grow to love yourself. You know, it's just like a relationship. Every relationship takes time to mature. Mm-hmm. So in loving yourself, you just really take time to develop who you are. I feel like someone who is a narcissist, you are full of yourself. You are overbearing. You can take over in any situation. But it's all about you. Perhaps you could be going out with a group of friends. But because you are a narcissist, you find a way to make it be about you again versus being in the group and working it out together. And so in self-love, you are growing to love yourself. You don't know what you like or dislike. Okay, but okay, so just to Mm -hmm. back up just a little bit. So how does a person how does a person know that they need to work on themselves? Like I know it's you, we get into the drastic spectrum of maybe depression or, you know what I'm saying? Just a a lot of maybe self damage, but like the regular person who's walking around just caught in a cycle of repetitiveness, you know, maybe got narcissist friends. How do they know I need to step out of this situation, put some time and effort. And then what is my first step? to um, getting myself to a point where I can actually receive some help or get some help. Okay. In the African-American community, oftentimes, Tom, we are just in our group of people, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. You have to step outside of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you can look at your family and tell sometimes, and I always have to use my own example. I grew up coming up in the 80s when the cracks, was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. But I had aunts and uncles who I would visit. So that exposed me, Tom, to a different outlook on life. So when I had that opportunity to leave Ohio and go to college somewhere else, I jumped all over that because I had been exposed to some new things. My aunt was working, had a good job, you know, working for corporate America. So the first step, sometimes you have to step outside of that comfort zone that is comfort for you and be exposed. I'm grateful for the TV as well, Tom, because the TV showed me, like the Cosby, you can have a family. It doesn't have to be dysfunctional. So when I was exposed and seeing those things, it was like, wow, I desire that. You know, so, I don't have to. Leave. So okay. would you say like a cue is you don't feel like you fit in? Yes, that was one of it. That was one of the things. I just felt like, dang, I'm so different. 
you know, it's still my my family. We're all cut from that same cloth, but I just desire more. Mm-hmm. And and I, I guess that's myself. where I and and I'm just I'm a play devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm just okay. gonna do it. I'm a, I'm gonna pull my hammer out. And I'm gonna play devil's advocate. But that's sure. where I think because because this has happened to me. So like I've always yeah. felt different. I've always felt different. And I grew up in poverty. You know what I'm saying? But I've always like you know what? It's a better way. It's a better life. But I think you know my family members have always looked at me like oh you're you're selfish. Oh you and and the thing is I give a lot back but it's like it's never good enough because i'm so far and it's it's the difference it's my mindset like i want more i think it's different i think there's other things to obtain and i feel like a lot of people fall in my same like thing where it's like you're you're you know things are wrong you want things to change you're moving towards change but it just seems like it's not receptive and that's where i say that's why i wanted to give the title self-love versus selfish because it's like there is a fine line um there is you know some people who move into the selfish realm i think what i'm trying to get i guess an understanding a better understanding is from your opinion is at what point is self-love turning to selfishness and then that balance of a splash of narcissism because i feel like anybody who's like totally 100 percent self there has to be a splash of narcissism, a splash, a spritz, a spritz, if you will. <laughs> okay. You can disagree. So, you can disagree. Oh, yeah. This is a conversation time. You know, let's do it. Discover. Yeah, that's <laughs> what this is all about. This is that's what this is truly about. So, again, when we talk about self-love versus the selfishness. Now, I had to learn that. You know, I, I'm with you. I grew up in poverty, too. And then when I graduated from college and I was having success, I felt embarrassed and or ashamed to share. Like, I would dumb it down. But it's like, no, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to feel like you can't highlight the success that you're having? Uh, but you you hit it on the, the nail on the head. It is a mindset. It's a mindset, Tom, you know, so. You have to love yourself enough because, see, now with the family element of it, it's starting to be negativity. And so that's not helping me thrive because you have your own personal issue, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're upset because I'm having success. It really has nothing to do with you, Tom. Like, you're really on your path and you're enjoying it. You're thriving. And you're supposed to live life that way. So you have to keep moving on and keep growing and just keep being that light because eventually that family or those people, either they'll jump on board and say, okay, I like what this person is doing, what Tom and Rita are doing. I like that. So I want to uh, copy that or mimic that, you know, so you still have to keep going on your journey. You're going to mm -hmm. lose some people by the wayside. And guess what? It's not your job to keep keeping them up. If they can't, Get with the movement of positivity, self-love, and us doing things a new way. Then it ain't shame. It's not shame on you. So you have to keep progressing. It definitely feels lonely sometimes. I have to say because as bad as you want your people to roll with you, Tom, 
everybody is not going to be able to make the train. All right, we and got we we got a comment. I'm gonna throw it up on the screen. I'm gonna read it to you. In my experiences, okay. usually someone has issues with your self love. It's because they are in fear of the possibility of having to make changes within themselves as well. Yeah. But we may no longer view life as a whole the same. Hold on a second. I lost the end of it. Um, sometimes uh, with that, sometimes you have to be selfish with your time, talents, yeah. and treasures. That was that was a comment from Mrs. Parms. Well, I like Miss Parms. Tell her Miss Parms pound cake. I believe that's her. Yes. I um, had an opportunity to listen to the podcast last night and shout out to you, Queen. What I want to say, what I've learned uh, with family, you, she's spot on with what she's saying. Uh, you have to create boundaries. See, we just, you know, been okay with everything for a long time, mm-hmm. and in your self love journey. You have to set boundaries. I love my mother to pieces, but sometimes that energy time is overbearing. So I have to set the parameters around still keeping my teeth, but still loving you. So you have to learn how to set boundaries. You you do. And and I feel like a lot of people really struggle when it gets to, you know, your, your core family members, your mom, your dad, your sisters. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know those toxic behaviors, those, those unfun behaviors, whatever you want to call them. That's where I feel like that balance of, okay, so I love my mom to death. I'll do anything for my mom, but I know I can only be around my mom for so long. I can, I know I can only talk to my mom about so much. There's only so much things I can communicate with my father about. There's certain things I can't even talk to my brother or my sister about because they're going to come back on me some way. So that balance of understanding when and where and how to communicate with these toxic individuals that you absolutely love and you want to see thrive, but you, there's a balance. And I feel like we struggle as, as Brown people, because it's like, we're we're st- we're just now becoming used to the level of success in this country that we're obtaining these days and it's like so now we're learning how to have money and success and how to balance these toxic individuals that we absolutely love there's the catch 22 Rita. what are we gonna do <laughs> okay let's say this yes that is a lot but i do want to start here truth is important the truth is important time because oftentimes we pacify that bad behavior. See, I'll get in your space. Now I got to get on your level. Mm-hmm. When really I be bringing you up, you know, in a sense that you should want to be better, right? So I want to tell you about an experience that I had with my mom to help us on our growth journey. During my life coaching experience with Miss Georgette, I made this comment Tom, that I didn't want to be like my mother. And mm-hmm. what she said to me was, how do you know that your mother didn't want to be the best mother that she could possibly be, right? So mm-hmm. I lived with that for years. And one time when my mother turned 50 years old, my mom hadn't seen my brother in years. And so I surprised them and my sisters. And, and we all surprised my mother for her 50th birthday. That was a blessing. But prior to the surprise time, I was on my own journey trying to really discover Like, you're a part of your mother and your father. Like, I need to know about my genes. So what I did is, sometimes when we're talking to our parents, we're talking from a childlike mindset. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm grown and I've been doing some work on my own and I can think and see for myself, 
I want to have a conversation with my mother, adult to adult, because I understand things much different than I did initially. So we do have to tell the truth about things, and then we have to be able to speak in a mature manner, if that makes sense, Tom. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I, you can't I definitely step around Yeah, I definitely <laughs> get what you're saying. Okay. Because okay. It, so. cause I would say there's a lot of people with hurt and trauma yeah. and damage from when they were a child. And they yeah. understood as a child the things yeah. that their parents did or the, the yeah. ways they treated them or they behaved. And so we grow up older and even you you were in your early 20s or your early 30s and you're still you're still remembering the hurt and the trauma as a child. And so mm -hmm. you're thinking of, you know, the, how the outcome should have been different, how things could have been played out differently, but you're still thinking as a child. But once you actually get that understanding of an adult, not saying that what your parent has done is wrong, but you see it different. There's a different perspective. There's a different conversation that needs to have. I'm no longer a child. I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. And now we can have an adult conversation about what happened to me and how it affected me and my perspective of all these things. And it's like, I see so many people of color who struggle. This is people period. This ain't people of color. This just people yeah. period who struggle right. with this conversation with their parents and their loved ones, their aunts, their uncles, their sisters, their brothers, everyone struggles with this. And the conversation does start with, with, with the truth of what happened. Mm -hmm. And, and the truth changes, you know what I'm saying? Because she remembers it as an adult with a child. You remember it as a child to an adult. And then there's the truth of what actually happened. Like, yeah, you left me in the car for four hours when I was six. You know what I'm saying? But she doesn't remember it that way. I ran in the store for 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this big disconnect of what actually happened. And that's why in all things get an understanding. We have to be able to understand Sometimes I don't have to agree with you, but I want to be able to understand, right? And like you yes. said, we're getting from different perspectives. One thing I wanted to talk about, too, um, when you were just sharing is about baggage. We do carry baggage. Ooh, sing, like, sing the song real quick. What you start off with? You started, what was her name? Bad lady. <laughs> you got too much stuff. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Baggage them back like that right so the baggage that we carry uh when i'm speaking i do i do a few things so i carry this suitcase around with me mm -hmm. and in the suitcase time i got a few key things like a mirror you gotta take a self inventory just look at yourself sometimes and see how am i looking in my presence because oftentimes tom when you look a mess you are feeling a mess when you look good, you feel good. This is the true. other thing I carried around with the baggage is feel debt. The debt of the world, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You're dealing with your children. You're dealing with household obligations. All of that is baggage. And until you can get a hold on it, right? Mm -hmm. So the debt is an obligation for you. But money is currency. It is supposed to flow, right? So work a budget out to pay your bills on time and get yourself together so that things could work for your good. I mean, I've been in places where my bills was about to get cut off. It's a blessing time to be in this space today, but I had to do the work. So that baggage 
is very critical. And all I can tell you is to unpack it piece by piece, right? And I'm a journal. I write. I, I use the journal. I've used the journal for several years in my life. But because when you can't vocalize or speak what you want to say, you can write it. And then it's off of you. It's, it's a, like a heaviness is being released. And so that baggage is very clear. And all I can encourage you to do is unpack it piece by piece. But you need the tools and the resources. And sometimes you need a coach. And the coach is not doing the work for you. I love being a coach, Tom, because really all you're doing is asking the questions and allowing the individual to answer them for themselves. I don't want to tell you what you should be doing. I want to ask you the key questions to help you think and get your wheels turning. A lot of the time we have been so conditioned to work for somebody or always being told what to do. So you never take a minute to think for yourself. So unpack that baggage one item at a time, just as if you are staying. And your stay, your vacation stay, is with you. The self-love of you. Let me ask you this question. Just in your clientele and people you mm-hmm. deal with, mm-hmm. what is the most, I would say, and I know I, I probably already know the answer to this, the what community do you just don't get, they don't reach out? What demographic, like what age group, what sex, you know, what, what people you see the most hurt on, but they just don't reach out? Mm, well, you know, I you always speak from your own experience, but in my own community, um, you know, they need the help, um, but it's sometimes you just don't have the means to pay for it or you just don't see the value uh, because you don't know anybody that is, you know, who, who leveraged having a coach. Um, so my, my greatest impact has been on uh, the 18 through 24 age group for me. That's mm-hmm. been my greatest impact. I get calls from them oftentimes. And then I had uh, some of the ladies who are around 45, 50, um, who are having a shift in their life, who raise their children and now are trying to find a balance right. uh, with who they are. So it ranges. So that 18 to 24, those are mine. They're, they think they've grown, but now life is hitting them. And then I have that 45 to about 50 uh, time. Those are the individuals who are they're rediscovering themselves outside of motherhood and the marriage. And yes. Yes. I, that, yeah, according to my inboxes, that is a huge demographic of people who are just lost. And I think it's, and I've, and, and what I've, I've seen just, so our, this is season two of this uh, podcast. And so what, what I started about a month and a half ago of season two, and ever since I started season two, my, my uh, focus has been more on um, self-improvement, relationship dynamics, things like that. So with that being said, I get a lot of inboxes from women who are like in their late forties or early, excuse me, um, late thirties and early forties. And what's happening is their children are deciding to go off to high school or college and Mm -hmm. their marriage or relationship is sort of at a crossroads where it's like we've grinded we've done what we did for the kids but i really don't like you 
And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's time for me to either, you know, ride this out into the sunset or I need to go ahead and get off this horse and find my own path. And with that being said, I feel like that 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 point of life, um, they used to call it what it the midlife crisis or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That point of life, that decision, that that point right there, I feel like there's they're being underserved as far as outlets because it's like, should I go talk to a therapist? Do I do I it's where we frown upon so many of these words um of people reaching out. And this is why suicide is like it is nowadays. This is why depression is like it is nowadays. We need to make, we need to normalize the conversation. We need to normalize a hard decision. Um, there is a, a person you can talk to. There is a resources you can use. I just feel like we can fix this problem out of all the things we got going on in this world. I feel like this is one that we actually can fix by just being, making it easier for people to reach out and you- what you're doing is is given an outlet but we need to make people feel safe that they can do it reach out to you reach out i had dr l on last week you guys said the exact same thing you have to do the work yeah you have to i mean honestly um tom you know it's, it's really challenging seriously um i i don't look at anything as being bad if something is going to bless you and help you go for it it's like free food. It's all of these food banks around here. Why do you feel shame about something that's free? Resources are available. I started my life coaching in a group coaching setting. Mm-hmm. There were six ladies, Tom, and we paid $35 for an hour of this lady's time. And when I tell you, she exposed us. But we all were coming there from all walks of life. And in the grand scheme of all of this, what we all are after are love and happiness. I don't care what race or community, what kind of car you drive, none of that matters. We're all after the same two things. We want to be loved well, and we want to be happy. So I started that group coaching event um, with a group of ladies. I formed relationships with them. It was really good because then, Tom, I was able to see those that I shared kindred spirit with. Uh, some of the ladies were just fresh out of a divorce. Uh, like you mentioned, they raised their children. Uh, they haven't had a time to be about them because normally when you're a mother, you put your child first mm-hmm. in everything, even as a spouse you do. You put your, your, your spouse before you, often your children, you know, because you want to be in order you know with the bible if, if it's about religious belief tom you know so you you get off track but when you have that community of support then you can rest in that and so i am working on that coming to the community near you um i want to be able to offer exactly how i got started in the game tom in the community center you know you come and be able to share even if it's for an hour just to be able to get that pressure off your back and to know that you are not alone in something is freeing in itself. Yeah. I, I, I totally, I totally encourage it. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I tell people that you, 
there's nothing wrong with reaching out and getting the help that you need because it's just like any other thing. If if you injure your 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 back, you're going to go see a chiropractor, a doctor, and he's going to give you some some remedies or solutions to relieve that pressure. It's the same thing, but it's like we have to get to a point. We have to normalize that, you know, mental health and, you know, emotions and feelings and, and, you know, men can do this, you know, I, cause, cause I know a lot of guys who just carry the world on their shoulders, like they're Atlas yeah. and all you have to do is shrug it. And it's, and it's just, we have to get to a point where we can have these healthy conversations and this healthy dialogue so that we can actually move forward. I see so many people struggling with depression, but the depression is self-inflicted because you won't get the help that you need to simplify your emotional process. Like you're stressing out over things that you can really get help for. And right. yeah. also soon not to cut you off, but oftentimes really, a lot of the um, hurt that we carry sometimes, Tom, I mean, and you've been doing this for a while, you've discovered that it's not even yours to carry. Yes. It's not your burden to even bury. Or, um, you know, that's not your burden to carry on. You, Everybody has to bear their own cross. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I've learned, like you said, a lot of this is self-inflicted. If you would just, it's about choices, right? Every choice has a consequence, so you have to be mindful of that. And and when you say, like, I even in that situation where I was telling you with the life coach, I told her I didn't want to be like my mom, and she said, how do you know? I, for years, carried, like, you know, that that doubt in my mind, Tom, like, I'm not enough. And, and I carried that for a very long time. But then I had to start asking myself, why do you feel like you're not enough, you know? And it was that programming and even with money well how come you feel like you're not supposed to have money all of that was it was psychological it was just it was around me you know we can't do this if we don't have enough so all of that plays a part but once you get older and you can see it it's like dang that's not even my story mm-hmm. i don't have to that's that's her life he made that decision yes that's my parents but i don't gotta walk in that light and so it's a revelation when you know that your journey is your journey. And that's what motivated me to even write that book. Keep calm. It's simply your journey because it's not about anybody else's. And when you can't speak to it again, you know, another um, thing that I do for self healing to help me, um, Tom, I have a fire pit in the backyard. And so when I need to write something and I can't express it or I'm overwhelmed with something, I write it down on a note card and I light a match to that thing and get rid of it and get it off of me. We just got to find new ways of dealing with things. I'm, I'm no longer a yeller. I don't have the strength to argue. I realize that things in life for me now, uh, Tom, are no longer about a physical fight. It is a spiritual warfare. So when I'm speaking or I'm out and I'm dealing with individuals, I have to pray first. And then my prayer, there is an ease that come about. And then I can move forward in my gifts and my work. Uh, But it is, you know, we carry a lot. And a lot of it, when you really go back to assess it and put it to a magnifying glass, it really isn't yours to carry anyway. Um, We just got it. We got a comment. And I'm going to read it because the comment is so on time right now. 
Okay. Uh, go to therapy, talk through it, sit down the things that you do not own and own the things that you do. My guy, Steve Brooks. Yeah. Um, and that's so on point because it's legit. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're refusing to go to therapy. We're carrying things yeah. that aren't ours and we're carrying them for years. We're carrying them for years, everybody. And it's like, you're, you're going from 20 to 30 to 40, you know, years old, carrying something that wasn't yours that you got when you was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And you, it's you're, and you're, you're showing the world this version of you that isn't your version. And it's like, you're raising kids damaged. You're raising yeah. kids because yeah. you're damaged. So you're teaching them how to be yeah. damaged. And it's like, it's, it's so deeper than rap. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> but it's like, it's for real. It is like when you choose to actually get the work and do the work, it, it releases you from that burden. And you get to be, you get the ultimate prize. You get to be who you want to be. Oh, that's the blessing of it all. That's the blessing of it all. Being you, totally free, 365 days. Like, that is a real thing. I tell people, I lived that for years, Tom. You know, so I think when we talk about our post-traumatic, wisdom right Mm -hmm. for years i lived that because that's what i had to do that right i didn't have no choice i had to comply with what the situation was and under the household you have to listen Mm -hmm. you know and i was raised well but in my growing up and my understanding i'm like dang what's going on with my mother but an addiction had her but my grandparents gave me the best life that i could have had they taught me structure order they prepared me for challenges of life Okay, so that is, it was necessary. But when you're going through, you just don't understand. And to the comment that the young lady just um, put, I want to say that a life coach is there to help you, see you through, focus on your future. A mentor, we need mentors. Oftentimes, we don't have mentors. A mentor is someone you can look up to. You know, every state that I've lived in and I've moved time, I have had a mentor or someone who has helped mother me or nurture me into the woman that I am today. And then therapists help you heal, but they deal with that past trauma because it's challenging to get a life coach and you still dealing in the past. Mm-hmm. See, I'm helping you with your future goals as a life coach. We're doing some goal setting, you know, some three to five to 10 year planning. That's my work. That's how I help you. What's the plan? What's the strategy? That's the life coach. Okay. But a mentor is going to give you that real hard gut punch. I love you, but I need to let you know. Okay. You can improve on this. You can make some tweaks. And then your therapist is going to help you unpack that baggage. Okay. How come you can't love today? Okay. What happened in your childhood that have you hindered today? That's what the therapist is. And so, Oftentimes, Tom, we got to just get clear. You know, all of them are resources, but which one do you need? Right. Right. I, let, let's, 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 um, for everybody who's listening, um, Miss mm-hmm. Lewis's books are attached to the comment section. I mean, the description section of the podcast. So if you just click on it, it'll take you right to Amazon and you're able to purchase her books, um, and check out some of the materials that she's putting forth. Um, so I'll give you a quick second to give a little snippet from each book. 
Okay. My very first book I wrote in 2015. Um, and so it's called Keep Calm. It's simply your journey. So I wrote the book on a vacation, uh, but I just wanted to write this book. I had a moment. I was still and I was in my writing space. I was actually working in corporate America as a manager and I was really overwhelmed and I knew that I had reached my mark in my job, but I was afraid time to step away. Just happened to be at Starbucks one day and there was a lady who overheard me and she was a publicist and she said, Hey, I can help you, you know, get your book published. And so we went from there and it was just amazing. So keep calm and simply your journey is about 27 life lessons that I've learned on my personal journey, and I've incorporated a journal. So as you read that life lesson, see, I want you to reflect on it, okay? And one of the lessons of that book is that you have to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of things in life starts with us. So that was my very first baby. Um, After I had quit my job, I left my job in October, literally five months after leaving the job, the company closed down. So I'm so happy that I was in tune to listen to the Holy Spirit when it said move. And just as Miss Parm, I believe, Tom Cake mentioned um, how it was a promotion. You know, she felt like she got fired from her job, but it was a promotion. So sometimes you letting go is the blessing that you needed and you can hinder yourself. So move when you feel that and honor that and watch the chips fall where they uh, met, right? Mm -hmm. Then my sex book that I have is called The Heart and Soul of Love. It is, I'm a part of an author's group and we write love stories um, from a love relationship with your parent, your partner, um, and it's also poems. So that's a collection of short stories, poems, and prose. And my story is called The Same Sheet of Music, just talking about lifetime, how I was hanging out at a park but it was so many different people there listening to house music from all walks of life and how we were all on the same sheet of music. And again, uh, just to echo what I said earlier, all of us want love and happiness. Okay. And to bring you guys to my latest baby, my last, my most recent book, it's called the ABCs of love. And it's the grown folks edition. We have to learn to love ourselves. And then we can be better partners in our relationships, our friendships, in any business relationship. And so this book, um, I am happily in love. And again, I had to do the work on myself to really be able to appreciate my partner. But in the beginning of the book, I dedicated to my loving partner uh, because I worked on me. And then because I worked on me, I'm able to love him. And so it's such a blessing, but I wanted people to really understand, you know, the things that you need to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And one of those, adoring your partner, Tom, you got to adore your partner. You know, when you adore them, it's like a beautiful thing. You can be in love, hands over heels. I'm, I'm loving, I'm honoring all blah, the things blah, about Blah, you. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah no no I'm 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 all for love all for love all for love all for love I'm I I congratulate you in your bliss. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm loving it. Hey, but hey. that's it. That's it about me. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, I just want to thank you for coming on today. Um, I know you're a busy um, person. You 
You took the time out for me and my two listeners, and uh, we uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Um, and once again, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, once again, Mrs. Lewis's uh, books and links are in the description. So if you guys want to check out her books, just go ahead and do that. Just click on the link, take you right to Amazon, pick those up, buy both of them, all of them, get them all to your house. And that's just what we're going to do. But um once again, I just want to thank everybody for listening. And like I say, at the end of every show, God puts everything that you need and want in this universe right outside of your reach. And it's up to you to extend to get it. So my name is Tom Swoop, and this is First Off In My Opinion, and I'm out. Thank you.